Positive heads out there, thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life? Well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. To help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the one who will be here with you each and every Wednesday, interviewing a different consciousness change maker that is also out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can hear me discussing topics such as my favorite thought-provoking quotes, reading and discussing wisdom from empowering books, playing clips from various inspirational spiritual teachers, sharing a bit of mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and essentially digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a consistent basis. And you guys have heard me say that if I ever run ads on the show, it will only be with a company that I fully support because I believe their intention is to make a positive difference in the world. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online, and you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads on this week's interview episode, I'm very happy to have Benjamin Foley here with me on the show. Ben is a top writer over at medium.com, runs the Fully Rich Life blog, and has written pieces for such outlets as CNBC, Thought Catalog, and the New York Observer on overcoming anxiety and depression. Hey there, Ben. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Really, uh, really grateful to be here. Yeah, definitely happy to have you. You know, when you reached out originally, I was instantly, yes, this is a, uh, a great, great topic to have on the show as, you know, what, what you've went through and what you're helping people with is something that if, if folks don't have a, a direct experience with it, it's certainly someone very close to them, right? Dealing with anxiety and depression. So uh, I'd love to dig in and kind of figure out what's worked for you and, and hear some of your stories and, and your journey. And before I get into all that, though, I would like to start with the same question that I always open with. And uh, the question is, you're in an elevator, you got 10 floors to answer. The guy next to you looks over, says, what's your passion? What do you say? My passion is writing and helping my, my mission of what I'm doing is to help people, you know, wake up to the life. So for me, that means, um, my passion in life right now is, is writing and helping others overcome any negative mental baggage that they have and allowing them to help, you know, live a, live a better life. Beautiful. Well, that is uh, a very, a very good purpose, very much aligned with what we're, we're all about here on the show. So what a shocker you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fall fall similar in line. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So why don't you um, start by telling us a little bit about your background, your story uh, and and what you've been through? Definitely. Um, Yeah. So my initial kind of career started out in, um, finance in, in New York city. 
Um, I went to Indiana University and studied finance at the business school there. And, and that was kind of who I was, right? Ever since high school, I had this single drive of, of being successful, of being financially um, abundant, um, but for the wrong reasons. Um, and so just trying to force my way into this path that I had been handed down kind of by parents and, you know, family members and things like that. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I I found myself in a really, you know, dark place, you know, really existential crisis as if you will, um, at the, at the deepest level, as I was finishing up an internship between my junior and senior year in, in New York city and, and at a finance firm. And I, you know, spent the summer just really not taking care of my body and, um, and definitely not taking care of my mind, you know, drinking and, and, you know, carry on with things like that, not really understanding what I was really doing to myself. And, and I found myself on a subway car heading to meet some friends for brunch and, and, and just having the first attack of panic that I've ever had in my entire life. And it, and it just shook me to my core. I I didn't know what I what was going on. Um, you know, my heart was pa- racing. Everything around me just seemed like they wanted to you know harm me. I just felt like I was so alone. And, you know, it, it, the Buddhists talk about like the groundlessness, the, and, and that's what I felt. There was just there was just no ground to stand on. Um, and and immediately as I got to the next stop, I bolted. You know, eventually made it home and 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 drove cross country and had to stop about every hour because my body was so tense that I would start having spasms in my legs. Um, But finally got home and went through a, a, you know, just a really dark period that senior year because I just was around, you know, the college atmosphere, you know, dealing with this, but not, you know, not taking the steps necessary um, to handle it. Um, You know, I never went to a a psychologist. I, I, I didn't work. I still drank. I still ate like, you know, crap. And, um, you know, still had, I, I, in my mind, I was like, if I just make it financially in this finance world, then I'll feel secure and that will take away this feeling. And so my senior year, I just kind of buckled down. And like I said, ended up in New York again, working in finance. Um, and I know you, t- you asked this question a lot, so I'll, I'll tell that story later, but, um, eventually got to New York and, and just kind of got to this point where I was, you know, at my wits end and, and I wanted, I was, you know, no longer okay with living the way that I was living. And, and I realized that, you know, the finance, the money was, was just never going to get it. You know, a lot of people, right. You know, you hear all these successful people like the Jim Carries and, and all these people are like, you know, I wish everybody could, could get everything they wanted to realize it was, it's not what they wanted. Um, and I feel like right. I got really good. Uh, I was really grateful that anxiety brought that to the forefront sooner for me. Um, and so for me, I, I, I usually look at my anxiety as, as a very grateful thing. Um, it's like a superpower for me. I, I was able to detect a path that was not the right one. And so that kind of spurred a, you know, kind of a, a 18 month, if you will, journey and into kind of a lot of stuff that you talk about on here and kind of manifestation and, and spiritual journeys and just kind of stepping out of the spiritual um, journey that I had growing up, which was, you know, very conservative Christian mm-hmm. American life that I that I hated and that I was rebelling against. But I'd always kind of felt there was something more. And so I started stepping into right. that, and, you know, doing meditation and, you know, reading from all of these different, um, you know, sectors of kind of that world and, and really working on my mind. Um, and that got me to where I am about four months ago. My fiance was like, Hey, why don't you just write about this? Maybe you could leave this finance job that you don't really like and, and kind of maybe help people do what you did. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting proposition. Um, <laughs> so about <laughs> four months ago, um, I started writing and the first couple articles were really bad. And, um, you know, kind of on like a Tony Robbins self-help type, not really mm-hmm. adding really any value. And then I wrote a, an article that was kind of raw and about my experience. Um, and something that I had no, not a single friend or family member knew that I had gone through what I went through. I hadn't talked to anybody about it. My fiance knew about 10% of it. Um, and so I finally shared a little bit of that and it was amazing. The outpouring I got, um, wow. and so 
I wrote another post that got picked up on CNBC. And that's kind of been the last four months is, is me writing and, and talking with people and trying to help people, you know, speak up about their own issues, because I really think there is a huge value into in the power of story and in the power of, yeah. of sharing your your own struggles with others. So that's kind of a little background of, of how I got to to where I am. Yeah, that's that's so inspiring. And, you know, as soon as you got really raw and really authentic, people resonated. Right. And it's something that you're dealing you've dealt with and you've sort of uh, been bold enough to go out and actually lay it all out to the world. And that takes that takes, you know, some guts. Right. I mean, it's it's not easy to expose these, uh, you know, so-called weaknesses that you know, many people would view it as right. Oh, I got to put this face to the world that I'm so tough and strong and I've got it all together and I've got everything figured out and, you know, anxiety or depression, that's for people who are screwed up. And it's like, no, it's not. It's something that everyone has dealt with. And I think you're very wise in, uh, understanding, Hey, it's, it's sort of like a, a speed bump when you're going off the side of the road and all of a sudden you hit those bumps, right. To keep you in case you fall asleep at the wheel, that's the same type of, uh, tool. And you've turned it from, uh, you know, saying this is something awful that happened to me. It was actually something that served me. So I, I applaud you for, you know, having the guts to, uh, you know, put it all out there on the line. And obviously as a result of doing that, you're helping other people. And so now you've actually, you've quit your, your finance job and this is what you're doing full time. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, about four months ago, we, my fiance and I were in that transition of, of moving out of New York city. Um, we both kind of loved the city environment, but it, it wasn't right. And so, um, we actually moved to Chicago and during that period, I was like, I could either keep doing this and, and trying to make something of a living of this. Um, cause it was for the first time I sat down, you know, and it was, it's like that, that flow state. I, you know, I've heard about it before, mm-hmm. but you know, I never felt it until I had started writing and, and started reading right. about this stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to try this. I had some savings built up. And so, yeah, luckily it's, it's been growing really great. And, um, you know, the, the audience and the tribe of people that are kind of surrounding are just, just such amazing people, which I'm sure your, you know, your listeners are as well. They're just, you know, great kind souls. And it's just, it's just right. been a great, great journey. Yeah. Isn't it wonderful how, you know, what I love about doing this type of work is those that are in resonance are going to find it. It's going to, it's going to find, you know, everything is vibration. Everything is energy, as I talk about all the time on the show. And when you have a certain uh, path or vibration that is, you know, here's what Ben Foley is about. Here's what he's been through. Here's what his offering is. And, and that may evolve and change as you grow. But certainly, you know, just coming from that authentic state, I think is the most important thing that people, uh, you know, people get so caught up to and comparing to what is other, what do other people do? How am I supposed to do, you know, you had mentioned Tony Robbins, like, oh, I'm going to be Tony Robbins. Like, no, there's only one Tony Robbins, right? But there's also only one Ben Foley. And when you're coming with that unique, um, you know, authentic approach, it uh, doors open up. And I mean, your case, four months, I mean, that's no time for you to, you know, have the uh, sort of trajectory and growth that you're having. That's why when I saw it, uh, congrats to you, first of all, and having the guts to, you know, walk away from, in your case, it's like a six figure job, right? Uh, to, to, to do this work. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much. First off for your kind words. It's been a, it's been a great journey. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, there's the ups and the downs and I'm trying every day to really, you know, live out those, those highest values that I want that, you know, that if I believe in what I'm doing and I have a purpose behind it, that the doors will open when, when they're meant to be open. Um, and really trying to attract the best and positive energy in myself so that that can come through. But yeah, it's definitely hard looking at friends who are making what I could be making. Um, you know, and and the, the feedback for most of them has been amazing and, and, and things like that, but definitely family members and, and certain people have viewed what I'm doing as, as insanity. Um, but, um, that's okay with me. And, um, I've always kind of been a little bit of a heretic in that way. So, um, it's been (laughs) awesome. 
Cool. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, uh, Ben, where I have no doubt as you continue down this path and it's, you've walked away from sort of the, um, you know, the, the carrot that's been dangled in front of you of financial, uh, abundance, uh, to some degree or more financial abundance maybe than you're experiencing now, but, uh, you know, being out of alignment with your, your, your path and your passion. And I have zero doubt that, you know, yeah, you may, maybe at this moment, four months out, you could be making more money, but I guarantee you if we circle back around a couple of years from now and do this interview, it's like, oh yeah, I'm making five times what I would have been making had I stayed in this job that was unfulfilling and not in line with, you know, serving, because I always say, you know, you're going to find your path in some way involves serving others. And it, it could be a corporate job in some way. I'm not saying it can't. You know, because there are certainly those that are serving through that way. But uh, for for a lot of us, it's going to be uh, finding. It, it seems like a, a theme of okay, I'm going to you know tempt you to to play it safe or go for it all. And uh, for a lot of people, they never get off that fence. So, like I said, I really applaud you for doing that. And I have no doubt that. Uh, Kind of like Terrence McKenna says, one of my favorite quotes, which I've said many times on the show, he talks about, you know, um, you putting yourself out there, facing those fears and jumping off the cliff and you're going to ultimately find it's, it's a feather bed, right? Mm, so, uh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole quote is, is awesome. It's beautiful. Um, I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I've, I've, you know, recounted it many times on the show because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, no, I think that, and I'm sure you've experienced the same building the community that you have and everything, but as soon as you jump off that cliff, you wish sometimes the fe- the feathers bed would come a little sooner or yeah, um, right. you're right. like, am I going to hit that feather bed? I'm still falling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's right, right. But you're so kind to say that, you know, you know, five years from now. Um, I hope, you know, I, my whole goal is, is impact. And like you said, you say it serving. I, I've, I usually say it like it making the biggest impact that I can. Um, mm. and, um, that's, that's what drives me. So, um, luckily I have that going for me. Yeah. And, and so let's talk a little bit about the anxiety thing and depression. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think of my, my brother who I'm very close to, um, been very close to my whole life. And, and he had, went through this thing, the same sort of thing. He'd wake up in the middle of the night. I remember him coming in, you know, we've been roommates, business partners, very close our whole life. And I, I can remember many times, you know, in his twenties where he would come and, um, you know, at two in the morning, like Brandon, I think I might need to go to the hospital. My heart's racing like crazy. And, you know, and he's just in, you know, just like wild eyed with, you know, having a panic attack mm-hmm. and, um, and facing and dealing with depression and, and those sorts of things. So, um, what, h- how did you now, obviously getting in line with serving others, I think is one of the best ways you could ever deal with depression or, you mm-hmm. know, if you're sad, if you're down, go find a way to, to give of yourself. And I guarantee you that's going to, uh, help over overcome those issues, at least in those moments. What, but you know, myself, I, you know, talking about some of these issues, even, you know, on yesterday's show, I talked about trauma and some of the, uh, it's a very touchy subject, you know, when you talk about creating your reality, and then you also look at the idea of some of these horrible traumas that happen to people, uh, and events that I can't relate to because I've had a fairly charmed life overall. I've always been sort of the eternal optimist. Not that I've never been anxious or depressed or any of those things, but comparatively, I think to the average person, very minimal. So as someone who's really been through it, sort of like my brother has, what, what are some of the things that you found, uh, how to hang, you know, handle anxiety? I know you had a, a article. One of the articles I was reading was talking about 10 things you gave up to help you with that. Yeah. I mean, um, well, thanks for sharing about your your brother. And I hope that, you know, he's been, you know, gotten more healthy and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of this, where it starts is, is I went down the normal American path. Um, you know, when, when we have something wrong inside of us, we go try to find a fix for it at a hospital or a doctor. And, and like I'm saying, there's, there's not a, like I have nothing against doctors, nothing against psychologists or, or any of those things. But the problem is that, aren't equipped sometimes with the knowledge to really help you. Um, and the problem is, is they take, you know, one semester of wellness 
class their entire four years of medical school. Um, they're 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 trained to give you medicine and right. stop stop your stop your problem. Treat the effect, not the cause. Right? Exactly. Um, and so I went down that path and was given you know prescribed many number of of anti anxiety um, pills. I mean, like when you feel bad, just take one of these. And and thank God, um, I from immediately I was like, this isn't this isn't right. Like this is, there's gotta be another way. Um, and so, um, it took a while, but I definitely started just searching. Um, but the things that, that have really helped me the most, um, is, is, it's usually the simple things, right? Like, I think for me at at one point I was like, did I do something wrong? Like X, it was an existential, like I, you know, created this and, and I did in a way, but it was something that I could also co-create out of. Um, and so for me, it was, it was diet was huge. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of science behind the foods that you eat or don't eat that will aid your anxiety. Um, like I was, I was reading a a great paper, um, that's published in the Harvard medical school review about a lady who was literally living on the streets, psychotic, um, Mm -hmm. who they changed her diet to just not have her eat gluten anymore. And she was completely fine. Two months later, um, this lady wow. had literally destroyed her life. Her family had kicked her out. She had been living on the streets for years, um, thinking wow. that she was psychotic and, and all they did was change that, she, you know, just, just remove gluten from her life. And she did just wow. change, um, which is insane. And like you were saying, I think that, our, that is our, our bodies are these amazing organisms. Um, and so if something's going wrong in them, it's because you're inputting something wrong into them. And so the biggest thing that I did that really helped me is I just, just wrote out every single thing I was inputting, whether that was food, whether that was, you know, the radio movies, friends, and nothing was sacred, right? Like I was like, my number one goal is that I am getting healthy. Um, and so Mm. one of those was the friends I was around. I was just around this culture of drinking and, and just kind of, you know, drugs and these things that I knew were not helping me. And so I was like, okay, I need to move. And so I moved from Chicago to New York, um, initially after school. And I was like, I need to, I need to get out of this situation. And so like relationships are huge. Um, so like, it's like diet, so the the steps for me were, was diet, relationships. You know, like you said, serving, finding a way to help out others was really was really key. Um, but for me, the the real driver that started that really kicked off everything was was finding mindfulness. Um, I know it's a big. Mm-hmm a big talking point nowadays, um, especially meditation and stuff. But, um, and we'll talk about this maybe more later, but I came across mindfulness and it just really helped me understand that the thoughts I was having and, and these feelings, they didn't mean anything. There was, they were, yeah. it, it was just a feeling. And then I told myself a story about it. Um, and so that was really helpful. And that helped me realize that the way I was sleeping was really bad. And that was huge. Just getting a consistent night's sleep every night can just mm. really, really change, um, kind of how yeah. you I do not do well without sleep sleep. <laughs> so yes, yeah. I would agree fully with that. And most people don't. And most people like if they, if you ask them, what time did you go to bed the last seven days? The one they probably won't know. And, and if they do know, it's probably like, Oh, one night it was 10. The other was 1am. Then then, you know, in, in your cycle really matters too. So like the consistency. Um, and so for this whole month that I really started kickstarting my health, I I went to bed at nine every single night, like no matter what, like I was like, I'm going to get a consistent night sleep every single night and I'm going to sleep eight to nine hours. Um, and that was, that was huge. And then I would wake up and, and meditate and I was eating healthier. I was around people that I, you know, really enjoyed and, and working on something that I, that I enjoyed a little bit more. Um, obviously now I, I feel, you know, completely, um, you know, I still have anxiety, but I think I've understood that anxiety is like anger. Like, you no one would ever say that, I, I just, I just eliminated anger from the rest of my life. Like, no, like anger will come right. up. Somebody cuts you off. Anxiety will come up if you have a decision you're, you're worried about. Um, and so like restructuring my mind to not view anxiety as this like disease, like cancer, but see it more as an emotional, you know, sign of what's going on. Um, that was huge. Right. I think for me, I just wanted to eliminate it or crush it. Like they say, right, right, right. Um, and you can't, but you can live just as healthy and just as happy and content as 
people who maybe have never felt anxiety, even when you have those feelings. And that was really rewarding to me to understand that this wasn't like just me and that I could heal myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you make such a great point. It's when you are trying to crush something and expel it from your life. And instead you've sort of, uh, changed your story about it. Right. And you look at it as, okay, I'm going to get this under control. And when it does come up, I'm using it as a, as a tool, as an indicator of, uh, you know, being out of uh, alignment perhaps in that moment, maybe I need to take a look. What, what am I doing? What, why is this coming up? How, you know, and in sort of letting it work for you instead of, you know, saying, Oh, I'm a failure. I screwed up again. And that's a lot of times the type of thing that patterns that people fall into where they start, you know, uh, they, they set a goal, they set a name, then they don't achieve it. Then they beat themselves up for it. And it turns into sort of a negative spiral. Right. So I think that's yeah. a really powerful point that you make. Yeah, definitely. The cycle is, the cycle is huge. <laughs> um, and breaking that cycle up, even, even getting that space, just the one second space between the thought um, and your reaction to it can really, really be huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, and it's something that I also read that you sort of, uh, discuss in some of your writing is this, you know, military prioritization. And it really sounds like you have that sort of discipline side of yourself. Um, and it seems like it's, it's probably, my guess is it's, it's sort of a natural inclination that you have to get very detail oriented and, and so forth. And for those that maybe aren't naturally that way as much, I mean, what would be the E, what would be your recommendations? Um, um, for, for people who are dealing a lot with anxiety and depression, what, what, which, you know, what's the easiest way for them to, uh, approach it? If they're maybe not as disciplined as you, they're not going to get in bed by nine o'clock. They're not, you know, the, the sort of a lot of times with these things, it's, it's just taking one little step. It's finding the, you know, you know, small victories. Uh, what do you think are some of the easiest ways to people to start down that path? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, the easiest way that comes to my mind is, is sleep. Um, we all do it and we all have to do it. Um, and just take, you know, taking control of that could really, really impact everything else. Um, and that's something that you don't have to add. You're already doing it. Um, but for me, I've always like habits, right. They're, they're actually really hard to obviously add. So like I usually try to start with what can you remove from your life. Ah, Um, and so like, if you're drinking three to six cups of coffee a day and you're anxious there, you know, you just try to stop drinking coffee for seven days, reintroduce it to yourself after seven days and see how you feel. Um, you're not going to, that seven days, you're not going to change your life. But like if you bring back coffee into your life and you start feeling that jittery feeling, maybe you don't have generalized anxiety disorder. Maybe you just have a, you know, an affection to caffeine. Um, right. So that would be one, especially like in America, um, in, in, in Europe and place like this where we drink coffee, like none other, that would be huge yeah. coffee, you know, soda or cigarettes. Like, I mean, I know cigarettes are a lot harder to get off of, but that would be a suggestion. Um, but for me, what was huge was just 10 minutes of meditation, 10 days in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, meditation, I think is a great one, you know, one of the most important things, a, a, a human can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the more we understand it, the more we realize it's like creates our superpowers. Essentially it takes us, I think it is the Avenue to becoming the next, you know, greatest and grandest version of ourselves and, uh, you know, doing it in just short spurts. A lot of times it's intimidating um, because it's like this daunting thing. And I've got to sit there, hold on. I got to sit there still for an hour on end and never think a thought. And no, I mean, spend five minutes, 10 minutes, like you said, and um, just, attempting to do it, just setting the intention, just, you know, following through and doing the best you can. There is no wrong way. Just that intention is huge. And, you know, you talked about, uh, food. I mean, I always say every time I hear someone talking about, uh, you know, something being wrong with them or, uh, you know, they're, this is hurting or they're sick or this or that. I'm like, Oh, cool. I know exactly what you should do. Go eat a lot of spinach. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, you know, uh, and of course I say that sort of jokingly, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be some major expert, uh, or doctor or anything, but 
you know, the, the father of modern medicine, I think it's, it's no coincidence. The father would, who's considered oftentimes the father of modern medicine, uh, Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And we went through this whole, and that was like 400 BC or something. Right. Mm. And then we went through this whole, you know, 2,500 years of trying all these different things. And now what are we doing? We're coming back around to understanding, you know, what you're putting in your system is affecting everything. They've said, you know, they've had it children at school at schools. I saw something recently, an article where it was talking about, they changed the diet of the school and, and how detention went way down. And I mean, it's so, so important. And we're in such a culture of, you know, uh, packaged processed foods, fast food, just find a way to get away from that stuff. And I know at first it may be difficult because it's a habit, but you know, and then of course there's all kinds of excuses. It's expensive. It's this, that it's like, uh, you can live off very little, go just get a bunch of raw vegetables. And I, I know that can be tough, but the benefit as you start making those changes, it, you know, I, I love the story of the homeless woman because it, it's just, it's such a great example of this, you know, we've, it's almost like we've overcomplicated things, you know, spend five minutes meditating, eat raw foods, see what happens, take out some of the things that, you know, remove things that could be causing a problem. It's, you know, in some ways it's like super simple, right? Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I would say all of the solutions that I talk about or that I did are simple. They're not like go to, you know, this amazing resort in Arizona and like get all this right, meditation. Right. It's like, no, it's like you said, it's, and, and I think it's hard for some people to, um, to rationalize that they're like, no, this should be harder or this should be more difficult. Um, right. I have this disease that, you know, society has labeled me with. So I need to go figure out how to solve it. Um, rather than being like, Hey, like maybe it's something, in in your own ecosystem, that's that's the problem. Um, so yeah, I couldn't agree more that just eating eating f- better food is 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 such a game changer. Huge, such a game changer. Food, I mean, look at how simple it is when you think about it. Food, sleep, and sit quietly for a few minutes a day. I mean, those three things alone, I can guarantee anyone who who is not doing those things or highly conscious of those three things, go to bed and you know get, make sure you get eight hours of sleep. Um, Make sure, you know, you spend at least five minutes meditating and at least switch out one of those McDonald's drive through meals for, for broccoli, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, at first, you're going to have cravings because you're trained. I, I mean, I think about when I, you know, I, I've certainly uh, experienced eating very unhealthy uh, at times in my life. I've experienced eating very healthy as well. and uh, And I can think of going into the, there's a store uh, near my house called Mother's Market, and it's very healthy food. They also have a you know um, uh, a restaurant uh, in inside the store. And I remember years and years ago going into that store, and the smell was like putrid to me. You know, it was like all this healthy, fresh food, and it just was like, oh gosh, I, I kind of feel nauseous. You know, I remember having like a wheatgrass shot and feeling like sick, and like it just kind of grossed me out. Now I go into that store and it's like, oh my gosh, it smells so good. It's so fresh and alive. And it was just a matter of retraining myself. It's just a matter of, you know, um, your, your taste buds change. Everything changes. You know, you truly are what you eat. And if you get, once it's, you're more like that stuff, then it feels natural. It feels good. It smells good. It tastes good. And there's a, you know, the hardest part is really switching gears, right? Coming from, uh, you know, breaking some of those habits. So even just little small changes, small victories are, uh, I think the way to go because otherwise it can be so daunting and people just give up before they start. Yeah. What I always tell people is just change your breakfast, right? Like I think that, yeah. um, one, our cortisol levels are the highest in the morning, um, which is funny why we have coffee <laughs> um, in the morning yeah, yeah. when we have the highest level of energy in our bodies. But, um, you know, adding a, you know, bagel or, you know, cereal and all these other packaged kind of breakfast foods to your morning is just going to create anxiety and stress throughout your day. So if you can just, instead of having a bagel, just have like even a, and just a green smoothie, or if you don't like that, just, just in a couple eggs and some, you know, organic eggs and, and some good meats. Um, but just like remove carbs and sugar from your breakfast. Yeah. And I, yeah. It, that alone will really help. Yeah. Breads, carbs, sugars are probably the 
worst things we can put into our system. And of course, we're putting them in everything, you know, you buy out has all, you know, so much sugar in it and so much, you know, just finding something really simple. And, and there are, you know, there are things that you, you will find over time that's like, oh, this is really healthy and it's really good. This is going to become one of my staples, you know, and then you kind of start adding to that repertoire. Totally. Yeah. All right. Well, now seems like a good moment to take a quick minute to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor, Gaia. I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now, which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting the Positive Head podcast. So needless to say, I'm very excited they're now supporting the show. Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000 plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on May 1st on the show Wisdom Teachings, host David Wilcock explores the scientific proof of ascension, DNA activation, and how interplanetary climate change is made possible with nested spheres of energy emanating from the galaxy. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to be more up my alley, right? Uh, As you guys all constantly hear me say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. So what are some of the uh, what are some of the other things that, you know, in your experience in this journey, which is a relatively new journey? And that's why I love about it. Um, you know, what are some of the other things that you're doing that are help, you know, helping you uh, to overcome uh, anxiety and stress. What, you know, what are anything else that comes to mind? Uh, I know you, you wrote an article recently about building a bulletproof mind, uh, which is, you know, the, the bulletproof brand and, uh, idea has been out there floating for, for a minute. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So that, that article specifically was about, um, in a way fear setting, um, but in a micro level cold showers. So, um, that's kind of been a huge thing for me that I've been working on is kind of attacking my fears, um, on a daily basis. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of science behind this. Um, and I, and I don't mean go up to your biggest fear today and, and tackle it. But, um, for, for me, like a cold shower, it's, it's so uncomfortable and it's, it's not right. fun. And no matter how many days in a row you've done it, you will, you're not going to like it tomorrow. Um, and so for right. me, that, that's just a great, it's just a great symbolism for life and that you know, there's always going to be things in life that you're not going to like, like life isn't perfect and never will be. Um, but you can train yourself to thrive in those conditions, um, on a daily basis. You know, you don't need to go, you don't need to join the army to like learn all of these mental resilience skills. You can jump in a cold shower or, you know, for the last right. 30 seconds of your shower, turn it to the coldest it can be and, and just sit there because your mind is going to go to that same place where it's like, I need to get out of the situation immediately. I want to run. I want to get out, like help me feel better right now. But just sitting with yeah. that uncomfortability and being willing to deal with it and, and just stay in there and not, and realize it's not going to kill you is, is just a really value add to a situation with, whether it's your boss or your, you know, significant other or somebody else, when, when you realize that that situation is really uncomfortable, you don't have to run from it. You can, you can face it. And so that the cold shower thing is, you know, it's not for everybody, but it's, it's, it's also, it's been a huge value add for me, but, um, you know, this, like even doing these podcasts and I've, I've kind of started doing a couple, um, YouTube videos as well. Cause I was like scared, um, you know, like mm-hmm. I've kind of built, of what I built writing and writings. It's not easy, but it's, 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 it's masks, right? Like I can take my right. time. You're kind of hidden behind, you're hidden behind the words in a sense. Exactly. And you can take your time to craft those words versus yep. um, in a podcast or a YouTube video. You're it's, it's there. 
Um, I, I know you yeah. can edit and all these things. So, um, but for me, I was just really scared about putting my face on a video. And so for 15 straight days, I just created a two to five minute video on YouTube, um, and pushed it out to like all my email subscribers. And that got me over that fear. And so, um, I'm just trying to really, um, fear set my life and, and, and just keep building because I don't, I don't think this, this, this path ever stops. And people have asked me like, what if, what if you completely eliminate anxiety from your life? And I'm like, I'm not going to like, what if you completely eliminate happiness from your life? Like there's these, there are emotions. I'm not going to, it's a path and a growth that I am on with my readers and, and with everybody. I just view it as, as, as this tribe we're building to understand ourselves better. It's similar to what you, very similar to what you, you're doing as well Is how can we understand ourselves better and live in this world better and just create a, create an environment that's, you know, thriving. Um, and so that's kind of my new, new things, um, as well as mm-hmm. like gratitude. I mean, I, if, if, if I could go back to your question about the one simple things that somebody could do today, that's really low barriers to entry is just write down three things you're grateful for and do that for 10 days. Um, uh. and that's really huge for me. Cause after the first five days are like my family, my, you know, health, whatever. And then you, then you get a little bit more nuanced. You're like, Oh, the, the fact that I have working legs or feet or fingers or hands or, yeah. or my lungs are radical working. gratitude. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's always been a, been a crux as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, I think of, uh, you probably heard it said before fear can stand for, uh, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. And, Ooh, I like uh, that. I've never heard that. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah, it's so good. And it's so true. And I believe it was Eleanor Roosevelt who said, you know, do something every day that makes you uncomfortable or something mm-hmm. to that effect. I actually pulled up the Terrence McQuinnick McKenna quote, which I've probably read at least five times on the show, but it's so perfect for what you're talking about here. Um, and some of the listeners I'm sure haven't ever caught me reading it before. So it, it, here it is. Nature loves courage. You make the commitment and nature will respond to the commitment by removing impossible obstacles. Dream the impossible dream and the world will not grind you under. It will lift you up. This is the trick. This is what all these teachers and philosophers who really counted, who really touched the alchemical gold, this is what they understood. This is the shamanic dance in the waterfall. This is how magic is done. By hurling yourself into the abyss, and discovering it's a feather bed. Ooh, I love that. That's that's how good is that? That's powerful. So powerful. And that's exactly what we're talking about. That's exactly what you're doing and you're living it. And you know, you, you are, uh, you have put yourself out there. You've walked away. I mean, you know, walking away from a six figure job is not easy. Um, so, uh, I, you know, it's, it's such a, uh, inspiration. Uh, and like I said, I, I know people who, uh, who do this. It, yeah. It doesn't mean it's not going to be challenging. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a cold shower moments in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, when you learn to um, dance in the rain, that's really the the big difference. You know, so many people are are uh, resisting the ups and downs, but the ups and downs that the ebb and flow is what makes it all, you know, worthwhile. We need that contrast in order to uh, fully appreciate the 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 wins and the uptimes without the hardship. It wouldn't have nearly the meaning. It would have no meaning. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, and you probably have read the book stumbling on happiness by a Harvard professor. It's a really great book. It's by a Harvard professor named Dan Gilbert. And basically the, the theme of it is that human beings have no idea what will make them happy. Um, and that we spend so much time trying to think about what will make us happy rather than doing things and then finding out that they, you know, will make us happy. And, and that's kind of what I've viewed. This as. I think a lot of my life is like that finance job, that title, the suit, the whatever that's going to make me happy. Um, and I realize that's not going to make me happy at all. Um, it's the challenges. It's the, it's the excitement, right? I think that's what I, that's what I try to emulate is, is trying to have excitement and challenge in my life rather than happiness. Um, cause I think happiness is such a nebulous word. And, and like you said, if you didn't have the, the hardships, there wouldn't, there wouldn't, the upsides wouldn't matter. Um, and so right. like, how can you, I think people are the most 
engaged humans when they're working on challenging problems, not like diff, not overly difficult that they can't solve them. Um, but when you're working on something challenging and, and, and something that you're passionate about that, I think that's when you're the most fulfilled, um, and, and, and Absolutely. By, byproduct happy. So, um, I, I couldn't agree more and it's definitely has been very, very challenging, but very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, definitely putting yourself out there, something that you're scared of, like speaking, uh, you know, live or semi live, right, with a podcast or video. What a great example. And then you overcome that fear. And what is the reward of overcoming that fear and facing it? You know, getting uh, reaching lots of people and and finding that it's actually something that you're good at. Right. I mean, listening to you talk, interacting with you, I wouldn't think it's something that you are uh, fearful of at all because it sounds very natural. And, you know, so obviously you've overcome that. And as a result, now you're you're uh, creating a richer life for yourself. So, you know, uh, facing everything and rising, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think you become, I don't know the best wording for this, but I think you become somebody who you never thought you could become when you're sitting back worrying about doing the thing that was challenging. Um, I think you get to a different level um, than you ever could imagine possible. And then you just keep realizing yeah. that you love that process of just understanding yourself more and, and, and just becoming more, you know, aligned with, with yourself here in the universe. So. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's something, it, it makes me think of an interesting point. I think so many people think, um, that there's, um, not enough room, you know, they can't do it. There's not enough. Oh, there's so many people already doing this or that, or, you know, so many people are selling themselves short because they don't fully understand the, the power that's within them. And that's, and that's available to them. There is, there is enough room. There is enough abundance for you to find your own voice, for you to do whatever it is that maybe you've been scared to do, or you don't think you're good enough to do. It's like you have as much ability as I have, or, or, uh, Ben has, or it it may be in a different way, right? It it may be in some other way that you contribute, but so many people I think sit on the fence because they think, oh man, there's so much competition and I'm not good enough. And it's like, there, there is, you know, you are one with the source that created all things. And as a result, you have unlimited ability, power and, and bandwidth with it you create universes to fill your spot right there's no there's not enough room or i can't do it or i'm not good enough all those things are limiting beliefs that are uh just nothing more than a a belief that's been given to you that you've adopted that you've been told and you bought into uh from others who let it run their lives and you know as you can see there are people who are breaking those those molds and breaking that uh through those barriers that are all self-inflicted there's a great uh analogy if you you know you take a and there's many different ways i've heard this thing explained but if you take uh uh for example a, a flea and you put it inside of a jar it can it can jump out of that jar, no problem. It can jump so high. Well, what they do is they'll put a, a lid on top of the jar and the flea will jump up and it will hit the, the roof, right? And after a while, it realizes, oh, there's a, there's a barrier there. I can't get past that barrier. Then you can take the jar lid off and the flea can jump. It will never jump out, even though it can. It's completely free to get out, but it, it, it believes there's a barrier there. And so there is, it's stuck, even without the lid on. Same thing I saw, same example exact example with a shark and they put plexiglass between it and all these fish and it would try and bump into the go get the fish and it would bump into the plexiglass and hit its nose and couldn't get through and so after some time it stopped trying to um it stopped trying to get to to the fish um it realized it couldn't and then they took the plexiglass out and the fish would come and swim around the shark and everything and it believed it could not get to those fish ever so it never ever ate them and it was at full access So this is, you know, this is our lives. This is, you know, all of our lives are, you know, you've been sold the story. You've had a lid put on you. And uh, what what we're talking about here is how do you how do you remove realize there there never really was a lid. And thank thankfully you got sold that story because it now gives you the opportunity to um, to rise, you know, face everything and rise and become uh, something more than you ever believed that you could. 
Totally. And I think that I love that analogy. I hadn't heard of that. Um, but I think that applies also to anxiety and, um, as well as, you know, following your passion. I mean, I think the lid is, is the label. Um, and I think that we, as, mm. you know, for the yeah. fleas who, who had struggled with something, but in the past, like you got kind of stressed and, you know, 50 years ago, um, even, um, you, you're just like, your dad was like, go rub dirt on it. And that might not have been the best parenting, but like you figured out how to get through that and like, and build resilience and grit. But now it's like, as soon as like a kid or, you know, I just get so sad, like moms will reach out to me and, and, and label their children with like these massive yeah. acronyms. And I'm like, it's like uh, sensitive, chi- sensitive child syndrome. I'm like, what you're, you're doing that to your child. Um, I'm sorry you yep. are like, you're, you're putting that lid. And so now they're they're Even when they realize that the lid's not there, they're not going to, they're not going to do yep. anything themselves to jump out of that. And so that, I love that, that analogy. It's, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I just, I just was talking with a, a listener and friend, uh, about, uh, this very thing, same thing with her, her whole life. She was shipped around to all these different doctors and hooked up to this machine and that machine and diagnosed with this, that, and the other. And she's 30 years old and she's still trying to overcome those, uh, those labels, those ideas that were burned in her, her brain, that there's something wrong with her and there's nothing wrong with her. She's, you know, uh, so this, <laughs> go eat broccoli if you think something's yeah. wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, change your diet, sleep a little better, take a cold shower. (laughs) Like, there's nothing wrong with you. And I think that for me is the biggest thing that I tell everyone is like, you're not alone. Like, I promise you, if you're listening to this right now and you're struggling, like, you're you're not alone. Um, And I think for whatever narcissistic reason, maybe for me, at least like when I was going through this, I was like, I am the only one going through this. Like, is there no one else? Like I am, but I think that's kind of narcissism for myself at least. But it's like, as soon as I started to look for things and resources, like found like 50 books of like men specifically who had gone through anxiety and depression and who had like gotten through it. And here's how they did it. And, um, all these things. And that's how I got into, you know, a lot of the spiritual spirituality stuff again. Um, cause that's all of these, all of these wisdom traditions, whether you believe in religion or not. And, and for me, I don't, right. but like, I think the, I like to call them wisdom traditions. They've, they've been talking about the same, the same ideal. Um, and I think religion is the, the biggest, uh, lid anybody's put on anybody. Um, yeah. especially the teachings of, like you said, like the source that we were all created from. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, with organized religion, and I, I was raised in a similar fashion, very conservative Christian, and you know, but I'm, I'm thankful for that lid now because it gives me the perspective that I now have, and it helps it to mm-hmm. make it that much sweeter. Knowing, hey, actually, there's not this external being that I need to worship, or else it's going to torture me forever if I don't, you know, dance on leg one leg properly and juggle and you know, say exactly the right things and do <laughs> exactly the right things. You know, it's actually I am one with that source, so it, it has no desire desire to harm me. I will feel the energetic repercussions of my actions because everywhere I go, I'm there waiting for myself and it's all an extension of self, right? Um, but not put you here, confuse you for 70 years and then torture you forever. But I love you. Like that makes no sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no, it's, uh, there's a lot of people waking up to that and a lot of people have been through that. And once again, you, as you said it very, very well, it, it's probably the biggest lid that's been put on mankind. But you know what? it gives us the opportunity to overcome something. And uh, so for that, it, it, it is serving its purpose too. It is a, it is ultimately always happening for good is what I would mm-hmm. say. It's everything is ultimately happening for love and uh, it's giving that contrast and that context. And if we, you know, if we were all already there and had it all figured out, there'd be very little to do. Right. Uh, so <laughs> thank, thankfully uh, there is um these things for us to uh, learn from, grow beyond, and become, you know, more of uh, our higher self, but more in line with that source. And, uh, and also, thankfully, it's, it's, it's infinite. So every time we hit a new plateau, there's just as far to go as when we started because it, it is infinite. And that sort of melts your mind to think about, but uh, melts my mind anyway. And, uh, but I believe that to be so. You'll never, the journey is the goal. You'll never ultimately hit the destination because the destination extends 
infinitely. And that's a wild concept to think about, but also uh, very inspiring because we'll never, we'll never get bored with it, with the journey. Yeah, totally. And that's where I feel about, and I love all that you just said. And that's how I feel about building a community and a tribe and a business, as well as dealing with stress and anxiety, all these things, they're, they're, they're meant those challenges are meant for you to, to overcome them. Um, and like you said, the absolutely being grateful that the lid, um, was on you so that you could break through it and, and be, you know, realize that it happened for good. That's, that's, that's what, really was the mind shift that changed everything for me was that like this anxiety is happening to me for a good reason. Um, it's not punishing me, which my parents were very, you know, I doubt they'll ever listen to this podcast. They're very (laughs) vocal that they thought that like my, you know, I caused this and that I should go back to church and should pray about it. And and that was the advice I got. And I was like, I just don't think that's how I'm going to get better. Uh, Right. But I'm so grateful for that because now I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm so much happier and fulfilled than I, than I ever would have been if that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I always say, you know, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only is it happening for you, it's happening. It's not just, you know, it's happening through you as well. It's Mm -hmm. always, uh, everything is happening through you. You are the sort of the center of your own world of your own universe. And, uh, that, uh, the great thing about that is, is you have the power it's, it's within you to, to change it. And, uh, it's a beautiful thing when you realize, you know, you're so empowered and so many people feel cut off and alone and, you know, not and disempowered and it's just because they don't realize who and what they truly are. And of course, a lot of people are changing that and seeing amazing results. Um, and of course, when you start doing that also, you get to, a lot of times you'll have, you know, very sort of, uh, magical sort of uh, circumstances or synchronicities or serendipities or those sorts of things. And I love those sorts of stories. Uh, so perhaps it's a good time to ask you uh, if you have uh, a good story of synchronicity or serendipity uh, that uh, you'd like to share that you've experienced on your journey. Yeah. And this is, this goes back to that story that I talked about earlier when I moved to New York city, right after college, um, I was still really struggling. Um, I hadn't taken any of the steps necessary, but I, I had flown out in late December to view some apartments in Brooklyn. And I was, um, you know, making my way through lower Manhattan to meet, meet a buddy for dinner. And I stopped in a bookshop. Um, it's still to this day, my favorite place in New York city. Um, probably because of this reason, but I walked in this bookshop and, and had no inclination of, of what I was going to buy or, or anything. I was just wasting time. Um, but I went up to, um, one of the, one of the women working there and I was like, what's, what's like your favorite book right now? Um, uh-huh. and she, and she reaches behind her and, and, and gives me the book gratitude by Oliver Sacks. Um, mm. and it's, to this day, my favorite book I've ever read. Um, it's a collection of essays, but it, Oliver Sacks was a you know author and, and neuroscientist in, in New York City. Wrote a lot about kind of the happenings of the brain, um, but this was like a posthumously published um, work on his essays, and and his main essay was kind of all about the gratitude for living. Um, and it was written, you know, weeks before he died. And and this book just, just opened everything to me. I had, I hadn't read a book like for pleasure since high school. Um, it'd been right. literally six years and that like over the last year, like read, you know, hundreds of books now. Um, and that's been a huge part of my journey. And, and, and without, I don't think getting that book that was small and that was just so to the point, Hey, like you're living, and you're breathing, be grateful. Um, right. I don't know where I'd be. And so that's, that's for me is just such a positive serendipity moment that was like, I couldn't, I didn't do anything for that to happen. It just happened right. and, it, and it was meant to happen. Yeah. 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 Just in and look at the repercussions of it, how they not only flowed to you, but now they're flowing out to others from the perspective you gained. And, uh, you know, through your, your writing, through your work, through this podcast at this moment, right? So it's uh, really incredible. You know, a lot of times that's, you know, when people think, oh, what difference can I make? And it's like, you never know 
whose mm-hmm. life you're going to touch. And you may have a five minute conversation with someone that totally happens to be at the right time in the right place where they're, you know, in their, on their own journey where it really has a deep impact, which changes everything about them or leads them down a path of self-discovery, you know, and they, they happen to have a two-year-old that ends up being the future president of the United States or, you know, whatever one day. I mean, you never truly know the impact that you're having and, uh, and how far it's going to reach. Exactly. And, um, just believing in, and, and for me, at least I, I come from a very cynical family and, and, and kind of environment. Um, and I think cynicism is, is the worst, um, disease mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but I like, agree, but, but believing in that, like, I, I think that just believing that, Oh, this isn't a coincidence. What can this mean? And just, you don't need to know the 10 steps from now. You need to know the next one. Um, yep. and, and just keep following that. It's really hard, but like back to your, I think everything's kind of falling back to this, this poem or, or excerpt that you read of, of the feather bed. Um, mm. but just knowing that the next step you'll learn enough in the next step to get to the next one. Um, and just trusting yep. in that, um, is so, so key. Um, and we need more people like, like yourself and like a lot of people probably listening, we need more people to you know, live that and, and, and then express yeah. it and, and, and get it out there in the world. I think we are the change that we want to be in the world. Yeah. Um, and that's the examples. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, that's my mission is to, you know, empower people to do the same and be 10 times bigger than I ever could ever fathom being. Because, um, I, I think, like you said, we're in, we're in a, very interesting place that, you know, there's potential for a massive consciousness shift. Um, and I want to be part of that being shifted to the positive. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you talking about organized religion, what you were just talking about, you don't need to know the 10 steps as long as you know the next one and that's, uh, faith, right? Mm, And this is putting faith into practice. Like I trust that the universe source, my higher self, whatever you want to call it is there to, uh, is going to support my well-intended, uh, you know, trajectory that I've stepped down. I've stepped on this, I've stepped off of the hamster wheel that catches so many others. And I've decided to find a way to serve and, uh, it's scary to some degree, and I don't know what's coming next, but I have faith that this is, uh, you know, that I will be supported because of, you know, everything is going to be a reflection of the underlying energy and intention. And when you actually act on those uh, beliefs, you know, you will find the universe, whatever you want to call it, source, God, your higher self will lift you up every time. It doesn't mean it won't be rocky at times. It doesn't mean any of that, but it's, that's just testing your faith testing. Oh, do you really believe it? Oh, are you going to bow out as soon as something gets difficult? Show me that you really believe this, you know, kind of thing. And if you just stay the course and, and keep on believing and keep the faith, um, you know, you will be, uh, lifted up. I have no doubt. I totally agree. Well, uh, Ben, this has been absolutely fascinating to connect with you, my friend. You are uh, uh, such an inspiration uh, and light, and uh, I, I definitely uh, look forward to following all of your uh, ongoing and forthcoming success and reach. And um, what is the best way for people who want to follow your work to connect with you? Um, I'm at Benjamin J. Foley on Medium. That's usually where I post most of um, my articles, and that's where I love Medium.com. Medium.com. Yeah, I think it's medium.com backslash Benjamin J. Foley. Um, okay. Or just, just at my, my website, um, foleyrichlife.com, and that's F U L L Y rich.com. Um, those are the two places. Rich, foleyrichlife.com, right? Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Okay. And so those are the those are the two places that I love to connect with people. I mean, I do have have the socials as well, but um, I love you know connecting with people via email and things like that um, or comments. So those are kind of the two cool. two main areas. Excellent. Well, uh, I would like to ask you one last question, Ben. Uh, I always open with the same question and end with the same question, and uh, that is. Uh, in 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life according to Ben Foley? The meaning
meaning of life, according to Ben Foley, is to live according to your truest and highest values and help others to do the same. Mm. Well said, beautifully said. Thank you so much, Ben, for uh, taking the time to connect here. And uh, yeah, keep on, uh, keep on keeping on. You are, you are, like I said multiple times, you're definitely an inspiration. Uh, and I'm sure this uh, message will get out and inspire many others who are uh, maybe have been forgetting everything and running and you are helping to inspire them to, f- to face everything and rise. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much. You are also a huge inspiration and in, in everything that you're creating and putting out in the universe is, is hugely, hugely valuable. So thank you for, for everything you do as well. Oh, thanks, Ben. Till next time, journey well, my friend. All right, you too. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please Take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.